Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking to some of my favorite people. Who are they? They're authors. Why do I love talking to authors so much? You guys all know, because I am just very interested in not only what people have to say when they publish a book, but why they want to say it and how they brought it to the world. And so our guest today is going to, uh, I think, make us a little bit curious about our own, especially entrepreneurial journeys. And I can't wait to ask her some more questions. So Lisa Dad spent 15 years in the competitive industry of corporate healthcare. And I know that from uh, absolute experience. And through that time, she was mastering strategic sales, marketing, management skills, and did it all from one of the world's largest healthcare companies. So you know there were some other stresses in there too. Now, in addition to the success climbing the corporate ladder offered her, Lisa felt something that usually is something we should all listen to. It's probably what many of you have felt, a deep sense that her greatest potential still had an opportunity to be realized. Now, with nearly a decade of independent consulting and intense training in leadership development and facilitation of social emotional learning programs, which means that she was learning about people and how we all tick, Lisa uncovered in any way to access that potential. You know how much I love potential. potential. Now, leveraging a diagnostic tool called soul language, which I cannot wait to hear about. Lisa now works with innovative leaders to integrate an awareness of who they are at their core and help integrate that into the way they do their business. Now, the success of her process is particularly related to her unique approach to sales training, which you all know I love very much. And she believes that selling is a critical communication skill for all of us to have, regardless of whether or not you think you're in sales, because whether we're selling a product, a service, or an idea, which you know I talk about a lot, we all need to create buy-in Soul Sales teaches the art of creating buy-in through the enrolling language of one's innate energy. And we're also going to talk about her book, Finding Fabulous, Paving the Path Between Paycheck and Passion. And there's a lot of P's in that, a lot of alliteration for <laughs> this late in the day for a little Michael Sherlock here. But Lisa, thank you so much for being with us today. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I love it. And for those of you who are listening, if we do hear Lisa's dog snoring, then we're going to, her puppy, then we all can have that adorable moment where you go, oh, and it is amazing to me that I have a cat, we got a COVID kitty, um, and I'll tell you, she can snore louder than my husband. I'm like, you're just a little thing. I don't know how it happens, but you know, that means they're relaxed and they love us. (laughs) He's snoring like an old man, which is better than him jumping into Zoom, which he likes to also do. (laughs) 
and that can happen too. So we'll see. We'll just take it as it comes. Now, Lisa, I hit the highlights of your bio, but tell us a little bit more about you, your business, and how what you do helps people to shock their potential. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, well, from that history of the corporate to uh, business owner and through that transformation, I started to realize that I needed to redefine success for myself and what that looked like. And, you know, I, I realized now I can look back on it, you know, 10 years later that I just wanted to keep being me and bringing what I had to the table. And it felt like I was getting less and less able to do that. And so now that I get to work with business owners and leaders um, in their own soul language and put that filter on the way they do business, it's literally all about like, how do you bring even more of yourself to your business, not less of it? So, you know, it was like this big, long journey. And really, it sort of comes full circle to say, ah, oh, that was kind of what I was waiting for all along is like, how do I um, how do I really tap into that? So I love to shock people's potential by doing something that seems a little bit what opposite to what we've been told, the paradigm shift of the biggest growth opportunity you have is hiding inside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And that's how I think you can shock your potential. We're all trying to be like, go outside your comfort zone. You have to be outside of yourself and do something that's, you know, hard and hustly. And I'm like, oh, or what if it could feel really good and really juicy and flow and all those things. So that's what I love working with people on. I, I love that because I always talk about, you know, there are certain things that we have to learn and get better at. Everybody has certain skills that might not be their greatest. And some of them you need to actually develop. But others, I always say, you know, you can hone your skills or hire your deficiencies or a little bit of both. But I think, you know, what I'm trying to say in that is a lot of what you're talking about is that go within yourself and figure out where are your sweet spots, play to those, and then recognize when there's areas where they might not be your greatest strengths and decide which ones do you need and which ones do you not need because you can find different ways to go around them or do something different. Because if you can find where you're really good and happy, you're going to have a lot more joy in what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, I'm at that first part of the journey. And when I was re writing the book, it really was all about that layer. And now the work that I do with people, I call it radical self-awareness because it goes a little bit deeper than that. And I'm all, people say, oh yeah, be authentic. And I say, ah, authentic is the, is the starting point. And then we get really, really clear about the fact that sometimes we are authentically, sometimes the thing that is our super strength is also our kryptonite. And mm -hmm. so that's what I'm talking about. How do we recognize when the very thing, it may be strength and brings us joy, but how do we know when our energy takes us out? And it's actually it's authentic for us. It's just that this is where the growth area becomes. How do we play with those areas to really, you know, you may have dominant leadership skills, but doesn't mean you're always the most effective, powerful leader. So what does that look like? What does it feel like? How do you grow in that? So how do you take people through that process? And, and what, what prompted you to get into this area of, you know, really talking about it from a soul perspective? Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess my soul's journey just happened to stumble upon that, really, because um, I won't go into the full story, but I was over in Europe um, on a trip that was sort of mixed business and pleasure. And I met a woman who created the tool Soul Language, and it gave me a different language to access this potential in people quicker. So I was always doing it, but all of a sudden there's this tool that allowed me to dive right into it with people and for them to, to get it, to feel it, you know, at, at a deeper level. I was always saying, I used to say, um, I put my Lisa dad filter on it. 
It's like, everybody's telling me you have to do this, this, or this to be successful. And I'm like, okay, well, if I put the Lisa dad filter on it, does that feel right? Does it feel good? Does it fit what I like and, and what I'm good at? Or, you know, does this work better for me? Right. And I, and I always thought that for everybody, put your own unique filter on things. Everything works and everything fails. The question is, does it align with who you are? And so when I, when I came across the soul language tool and we started diving into what that was and how, um, you know, how we could use it for me, I use it for all things in your, in your, your life, but I use it as a lens for business success. How do we bring personal growth and business together uh, in a successful way? And so I guess that's what soul language uh, does to me. Well, and it's so important because especially for entrepreneurs, most people become an entrepreneur because you want to lean into the things you really love and you're looking for you know, you're looking for those changes. You're looking for a way to find joy in what you do and make a difference in the world. But what I often um, I'm sharing with my guests before we start taping is that the, the things that I'm hearing the most frequently from our listeners are things like, hey, I had a really successful corporate career. And I say, Man, I'm putting my little air quotes around really successful corporate career. Um, and I, I put that because what do we define as success? Money, title, position, you know, power, whatever. Not good or bad, just whatever we've defined, defined that. But then now that I had that successful corporate career and now I'm an entrepreneur, why, why am I not immediately getting those kinds of successes? Why am I not making seven figures right out the gate? Why am I not making six figures out the gate? Why am I struggling? Why am I, you know, why do I not have enough social media followers? I mean, all the things and all the doubts with people um, can feel overwhelming, but it also, I think, tends to make people think they've got to put on this face that everything's perfect when it's not. And instead, and so then you start to become panicked or a little maybe, uh, unhappy in your entrepreneurial journey, which the whole reason you left the corporate career was to try and find this path of happiness. And I think it's part of the pieces of what you're talking about is getting back in touch with what's really important so that you find that you're not trying to put it all under that lens. Absolutely. I did the big pendulum swing myself. So I left corporate in my version of what I believed other people saw as success. There's a whole chapter in my book about success because it talks about what people saw and what I felt and, and the difference between that. But there's this pendulum swing between running away from it, all things business. I, the, the fact that I'm back in sales is hilarious because I wanted nothing to do with marketing and sales. I went straight to like, you know, all into the emotional intelligence and personal growth and transformation space. I loved it. And then I ended up being surrounded by all these entrepreneurs that were heart led, you know, heart centered, you know, purpose driven. And there's, they had no, they had no, um, not no, they didn't have the success they were looking for, right? They weren't making any money, struggling to pay the bills, which then of course, it always is going to impact your happiness when you really are stressed every day about whether or not you can pay your rent or your mortgage. And so I thought, wait a second. And, and people kept asking, I kept saying, oh, sales is so hard. And I was like, well, it doesn't have to be, it could be more fun. And I started like training people on sales just because I felt bad that they felt so horrible about it. And then all of a sudden people are going, Lisa, why are you not doing this? And I was like, oh, right. Like at the bridge, right? It's like, I have all this sales and marketing experience from this world. This world's yeah. dying yeah. for it, but has all the joy and the purpose. Wait a second. Where's, where's the link? Because why are we choosing success? And I'll use the air quotes too. the old, yeah. you know, the version 
success that society creates and fulfillment. What is like success or fulfillment path? Wait a second. Is there a bridge that links these two things? Because they shouldn't be mutually exclusive. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an either or. It can be a both and. <laughs> yes, it's such a novel approach. And the, and the one big thing I would say, though, is what happened over those 10 years for me is it still completely redefined what success was to me. Um, you know, I was in sales at what well, I was in sales and marketing and management and corporate. And there were a lot of numbers that dictated whether I was successful. And I really did have to define my own version of that so that even when I'm in my own business, yes, numbers are important and they're not the only thing that's important. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the tough awareness. And I, I think it's really important to, to discuss very openly with entrepreneurs that, you know, you have to find not only the bridge, but you have to be able to recognize whatever I thought was, or society told me success was before. If I really want something different now, I have to be willing to define my success today with much different terminology. And it's a completely different environment. I was speaking to someone the other day. I've got a lot of family and friends that are teachers and they're all just a few years away from retirement. And part of me is like, oh yeah, what if I had stayed in corporate? Would I be retired right now? And, and my friend looks at me and says, you're never going to retire, first of all, and recognize that like my world that I very intentionally chose is so different that yeah. the parameters and everything are different as well. It's not about let me retire as quick as possible so I can have fun. It's like, you're already having fun. What are you retiring from? You know Exactly, yeah, exactly. Which um, I know we're gonna take a quick break here just for a moment, but somebody I was talking to the other day said, you know, if we're really doing it right, we're not retiring from something, we're retiring to something. You know, whether it's your next career or it's, re, you know, retiring to volunteer work or retiring to sit on a beach or whatever, but you're not retiring or from something. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I love it. Well, Lisa, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then shock your media potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host, Eddie Luisi, known as stage manager to the stars and also stage manager for Good Morning America, we have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? How do I get invited back again and again? And much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, go to shockyourmediapotential.com. And we are back with Lisa Dad, and we are starting to dive in a little bit to your book. So uh, let's talk about your book. I want to know more about Finding Fabulous. 
I definitely want to know more about what it is, but I also want to know about what made you feel compelled to write this? Because this is one of the, the questions I love to ask other authors is, you know, what made you say, I have a book in me, it needs to be released to the world? Yeah. For some reason, I always had this niggling in the back of my mind that I would write a book one day. And when I had it, I was still in corporate and I had no clue what it was. So if you just have that calling inside you, it's probably it's a thing. <laughs> it just might not be ready to be birthed. Um, and then I, when I left corporate, I have to say it was fairly selfish reasons. I was going through my own journey at the time and I wanted some answers. And so I started interviewing people because I wanted to get I wanted to hear from everyday ordinary people. Like I could look at the success of um, Oprah Winfrey or Richard Branson or Elon Musk or all these people, but it's like when they're billionaires, they're a little bit hard to relate to. And so I thought, what about those everyday people that actually walk away from their six figure salaries and they just decide to do something else? Like, what does that look like? How do they find success? How do they find happiness? And so I just started interviewing people and then realized, you know, I could easily write a book about this. (laughs) So decided that I would share that. I thought that just my own journey, I didn't have enough of a voice. I wanted to have multiple voices, you know, not just, um, you know, someone that looked like me, sounds like me, grew up like me. What about other people? You know, I spoke to a single mom of five kids because my friends were saying, oh, you, you can do that, Lisa, because you don't have kids. I was like, is, is that why I can do this? And then so I said, so I found a single mom with five kids who was, you know, an entrepreneur and making it happen on purpose because I was like, really, you think it's because I don't have kids? Let's find someone. And, you know, and finding, you know, um, a husband who was supporting his wife with his four kids and he left his big job. So I wanted that. I wanted those views from other people to say, what is this path look like and why do people go on it? Yeah. So what did you learn through all these journeys? Well, there was a lot of commonality. There's a lot of big common themes, even though everybody did it their own way. I would say one of them was that most people often the biggest thing in their way was themselves. In fact, one of my chapters called you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> get out of your own way, right? Like literally that's one chapter. So let me, I'll give you, yeah. see if I can pick out three for you. The other one was money is a whole chapter on money. And the reason is not, I'm not a financial advisor, but the reason is I realized that whether people had a lot of money or no money didn't matter. Everyone seems to think their their path is harder or easier because of it. And so it's an interesting, yeah, and it's an interesting energy. Money has a lot of energy around it. So just having that that whole idea of what does this even mean in my life and how much am I letting it run my life? And then I already talked about success. So I'll give you a different one. I thought I found really interesting after the fact and following up with some of the people I interviewed, a bunch of them went back doing what they were doing before. Oh. And I was like, well, what happened there? And what I realized that the summary of it all was they actually, most people love, especially initially what they're doing and what they're involved in, but the environment all of a sudden became not conducive to their growth, to their development or to their joy of it. And so I'm talking to a lawyer. She quit to be a lawyer and she started doing marketing and she's back being a lawyer, but she chose a different environment, a different Mm -hmm. approach, a different work schedule, all these things. And so it's just interesting to watch that. It's almost like the hero's journey, right? Coming back to where you started with, with some new learnings. Well, and that, I think that would be really interesting. Um, you know, I had a foray, I had a business for a while and then uh, some different things happened and I needed to go back into corporate America. And it was really interesting to go back and approach my work differently. And I knew I wouldn't stay there forever. I knew I'd go back to an entrepreneurial journey, a different one. But the learning that I took 
um, when I went back was much different. And I approached what I did much differently. And I, it's almost like I was like, okay, let's really do this. And I've had success before, but my success from that point on really elevated. So then when I finally said, okay, now it's time to go back to be an entrepreneur, I took learnings from that environment to it. And, and I'm not going to say that there weren't times in both parts of those journeys where I didn't wonder, did I make the right decision? You know, are you, are you giving up, you know, to go back in? Are you giving up to go back out? Um, but if, if we can take some, I guess, give ourselves a little grace and try and sit back and, and really just appreciate what we've learned, that can be really powerful. I love that word grace, give ourselves grace. And you're absolutely right. I also saw people, some people went back into what they were doing, where they were doing it because they were struggling to make money as an entrepreneur. And then a couple of years later, you see them come back out again because they just maybe weren't fully ready or they weren't giving themselves enough grace, right? Is that, you know, we underestimate what we could, we overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do in a year. And I think Sometimes it takes a bit of work to get your foundation under you when you're an entrepreneur, right? So like we come out of corporate expecting that we're just going to translate that into our own business at the same level. And you're like, oh, but wait a second, I no longer have a secretary and I don't have a finance department. And where's my HR signing my paycheck? That's not coming. It's like, exactly. you don't have those things when you come out as an entrepreneur. So um, of course it takes, you know, you take all that experience with you and <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, some grace. I love that, um, that word, giving ourselves a bit I, of grace. I interviewed somebody for my podcast several years ago. In fact, I need to get him back on. Um, and he and his wife did what he termed a mid-career retirement. And they both at kind of the peak of their sales careers in pharmaceuticals, I believe. And they both just walked away and said, for three years, we're going to travel the world. You know, they didn't have small children or anything. And they're just like, we're going to go. And it was such a great story. And I told uh, a, a relative of mine this story. And because he was reaching a point in his, he didn't necessarily want to be an entrepreneur, but he knew that he was reaching some points of like no return in his job because he was losing his mind. And so he's like, okay, I'm just going to do a mid-career retirement. And he did for more than a year. Um, and then he actually went into business with a friend for a short bit. And then uh, his company called him back and said, you know, we really would like to have you back. And it was great because he just went back and said, okay, this is what it's going to take to get me back. And not just money, but like, I'm going to have balance. And this is what I'm going to do. And if things are right, I'm going to let you know. And he is so much happier today. He still thinks, you know, maybe I'll go back out and, you know, have a little entrepreneurial journey. But at the same time, he's just very happy that he made decisions that were based on really what he wanted. And I think that at the end of the day, that's all what, that's what we all really want is we want to be in that environment where we feel like we're honoring ourselves. And I, you know, I think that's a really important part for anyone who might be listening to this, who's deciding either of going back or coming mm -hmm. out. I would say that um, making sure that it's not a super emotional moment. I almost quit my job about a year before I left corporate. So I retired, I retired when I was 39, but I almost quit at the time. And I was working for a manager who at the time we were not getting along very well. We saw things very differently and there was a lot of struggle. And I knew in that moment, if I quit to go somewhere else that I was doing it out of that knee jerk yeah. response. Time. And so 
what was beautiful for me was that when my company went into a major downsizing, I raised my hand to leave. I, I, it, and it ended up being a financially better time to go, go anyway, because I was mm-hmm. able to leave with a package. But what I knew in that moment was I, I actually was then working with like one of the best bosses I had had in my entire career. Um, and I knew I could grow under him and I knew he was, and I still wanted to go, but yes. then I had yeah. that solid, you know, this is the right thing. You know, and so I would just say, even with entrepreneurs, if it just happens to be a bad couple months and you're struggling to pay the bills, it's like you, I'm just going to get that paycheck. But it's like, okay, a little grace, a little time. Is there, can you buy yourself a little bit of time to make the decision from a different place, which I recognize I'm saying that and someone's going, Lisa, like the the grocery (laughs) bill, not right. So I, I don't want to paint that over everybody's situation, but I do think if you can give yourself enough time to have at least a little bit of um, distance from the emotion of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, it, you brought such a great point on point out because you had some tension. You were at that point where like, I could just leave this, whether you become an entrepreneur or not, there are a lot of people that hit those moments. I know that I hit it, you know, in my late twenties, um, the first time I became an entrepreneur and I was so stressed out at my work that I just quit. And I knew I, I could do this other thing. Well, I, I didn't know how to make any money at what I was doing at that point in time. <laughs> I didn't know how to turn that into an entrepreneurial journey. So when I first then went back to, you know, working in corporate, I felt like a failure. And as I look back on it now, I'm like, well, you kind of did because you left with no safety net. So then that creates a different kind of sense of urgency, which Pressure. takes you out of operating from your heart and your soul and into panic mode. So I might, I'm not a failure, but I did fail to plan accordingly. I learned from that the next time I made that decision. Well, absolutely. And anyone who tells you they're an entrepreneur who, and they've never failed is not really an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Oh, everything's gone well for you. Oh, then you're not an entrepreneur at all. I don't know who's- you're big who's fat liars. I mean, you're a big fat liar, yeah. I mean, that's the part of it. There's, there's an ex- expression that I saw shortly after um, leaving corporate and it said, entrepreneurs are willing to live a short time the way no one else will so that they can yeah so they can live the rest of their life the way no one else can and I uh-huh. think it really brought that yeah you're willing to go through that to know oh that failed or I'm trying to do this and the money maybe is not the same every month that it used to be initially right but if you can, if you're willing to kind of go through that to live the dream that you're trying to create Right. And so I just think that back to that word grace is that's also celebrate the bravery and the courage it takes to do that. Oh, I so agree. I love it. And I know we're almost at the end here, but I wanted to ask you too, um, because this has been a fun question I've been asking everybody is what has writing this book done for you and your business? Because I'm a firm believer that, that the way you use the books that, that we write really can impact a business. And for there's probably people wondering, you know, I have a book in me, I think, um, but I don't know if I should do it. You know, what has it meant to you and your business? Yeah. And there's another book. It's it's brewing. <laughs> it's about to come out. Um, you know, the book for me was done very early in my entrepreneurial journey and it put me on this path that I didn't know I was on. You know, even when mm-hmm. I worded the book, I, d- I knew it wasn't about the paycheck. So I had a hard time with the, even though I, the, the alliterations of the P's I liked. But the path between paycheck and passion, I was like, this isn't a job finding book. This really was this idea that um, could I really create the life I want to create? 
Mm -hmm. and, and that opened myself up and could I do it my way? And so it literally, that's why I said full circle moment to come back now to soul language and say to people, look, your soul language may be very different than all those people telling you, you have to find success this way. And so if you can understand that and allow yourself that journey. And so I think that's what it did for me more than anything. It opened me up for this. So I won't say it's, it became a huge money maker by any means. It brought me on my path to create my business, which now pays me. Um, so a yeah. book doesn't always do what people think it's going to do. Yeah. And I hear that a lot from people. It's like, it helped me to, you know, become very clear on what my message is or how I'm reaching people or how I help them. And I think that's, that's a really powerful exercise. And I also say that, you know, most people, you're never going to make a million dollars selling your books, but it not on your books, but it can help with the journey towards the million dollars because it gives you, you've either worked it out, you, your thought leadership, you know, gives you more credibility, all those things together. But it really does help you get very clear about what you try, what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. And the connections through the process. So I've met, I, I mean, if I look at some of the people that I work with now and relationships I've created over the last years, I, I wouldn't even have met them had I not been on the journey of the book. I went yeah. to a couple programs and things like there's just so much. I, I mean, we don't have time the show's ending, but of the path that it led me to. And so I always say, follow that niggling, right? So some of the, well, I feel like there's this little like, Hey, maybe you're going to write a book someday. Yeah. Just like keep an ear, keep an ear for, is it time? Is mm -hmm. it time? <laughs> you never know where it's going to lead you. <laughs> Amen yeah. to that. I totally agree. Well, Lisa, we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, including links to your book. But in case somebody, they just don't want to pull up the show notes yet, how can they best reach you? Yeah, the easiest way is to go to lisadad.com and dad is D-A-D-D. I know it's a strange name. <laughs> Lisadad, D-A-D-D. Or you can you can find me on LinkedIn at lisadad as well. Um, but lisadad.com is probably the simplest way. Excellent. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yeah, I guess the pearls of advice back to now what I'm, the work I'm doing now is listen to your own soul language. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to have the full assessment done by me or coached by me for you to start hearing it, listening to it and following the fact that, um, you know, your, our life is speaking to us each and every day. The question is whether we're slowing down to listen to it. Excellent. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your story, your journey with us and uh, for all your pieces of advice. You've been an excellent guest. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.